Good day, it's Tuesday, it's Sports Stars, Dolly, and that means it's time for Sports Stars Camogie. We're down to the business end of the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie Leagues. It's semi-finals weekend and we're looking forward to it. I'm Darren Kelly, indeed. Delighted to be joined by my partner in crime, Killian Whelan. Killian, another busy weekend, even though we only hit six games taking place, but now we're down to the final four across all four divisions. Yeah, and uh, I suppose for some people, maybe Division 1 is inevitable. Uh, good to see maybe a little bit of a shake-up in uh, some of the other divisions. And, uh, you know, that, uh, you know I, I made mention of it uh, yesterday in passing that, you know, great to see the likes of uh, Down, Antrim and Mead in Division 2 and uh, taking on some of the, you know, the, the, the bigger counties and their second teams maybe it and so forth. And we do know that last year, obviously, there was a lot of play that we reckoned that maybe some of these counties might you know, be put back into their shells a little bit by uh, some of the stronger counties when their second teams emerge back into the league and championship. I have to give uh, great credit, especially to the two Ulster counties who have, uh, you know, stepped up to the middle and uh, proved that over the weekend. They did indeed. And of course, it was something I noted myself, the four first teams met the Division 2 semi-finals, which is healthy going down the line for Camogie. Killian, I was up in Clonus yesterday uh, doing football commentary and I sat in the car to catch the end of yourself in a lane uh, covering Tipperary and Offaly. How come I didn't see a championship draw or a league semi-final draw? Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. That's a $64 million question. And, uh, I, you know, what was even more bizarre in ways was that I, I, I was uh, informed that the draw was taking place. I didn't realise it was taking place literally 60 yards away from me. <laughs> and uh, that obviously... Uh, it could have been. Maybe it's a story for another day, but it definitely goes down in the chapter of another chapter in this book that we're going to write down um, in, in connection to things that happened in the Camogie Association. But uh, yeah, definitely an interesting one. Um, I, I do know the Camogie Association have a big thing about that they must inform the counties first before you know things are made public knowledge. But I'm not sure that Paddy Murray or Cahill Murray or anybody else would have had any issues that the uh, four teams were put in the hat and it was done on the live YouTube broadcast yesterday and uh, that's how everyone found out. I, I don't see any issue. But look, we're coming from a media point of view and, you know, publicity and everything like that, it's it's obviously looked on differently by other people. And I do know over the years that's definitely been their, uh, their thing that uh, they do the draws, the counties are informed first and then everyone else is told. I disagree to in some context, but, you know, that's how they do it. It's uh, and we won't go too long because I'm actually starting to feel guilty that I seem to be criticising the Camogie Association every week the yeah, way they do yeah. things. But um, it's a recent development because they've had live draws on TV and all that. And I just when you compare it, and this I'm probably going to get in trouble now when I say this, when you compare it to what ladies football do, and the way to have like uh, streaming programs and all that with the draws with Barry Brennan and all that, uh, like it, it's it's not good because there is a golden opportunity yesterday. Yourself and Elaine Aylward are there. Just need two members of the Camogie Association including the president come over have the balls there in front do the draw division one division two off we go everyone's happy like you know what i mean counties will be happy with their fixtures anyway but you just feel they're missing a trick i know they're short-staffed at the moment there's a lot going on and i don't want to harbor too much on it but again it's just another simple thing that could have been done done well and uh, and there'll be a buzz of excitement about camogie on sunday evening yeah, well, we, you know, that mention had been made that maybe the quarterfinal draw when, when it happened, that again, at the end of one of the broadcasts, that that could have been done. And we made mention of this last week. And um, that's, I suppose, one thing when there's no representatives really around that that draw couldn't have taken place. So you probably let them give them a pass on that one. But there was two representatives uh, of the Camogie Association in Callan yesterday, did the draw. And as I said, literally 60 yards away from myself and Elaine 
And uh, I probably extended the broadcast by about 10 minutes and uh, I probably wore out a lane by having a conversation with the man, hoping that I'd be able to get the draw. Not knowing that, as I said, if I looked over my left shoulder 60 yards away, it was actually happening. You know, and, and, and then, you know, whatever happened, happened. I was told then afterwards that I couldn't be told the draw because the counties had to be informed first. And, uh, you know, that, that, was the, that was the information we dealt. Again, you know, you have mentioned, yeah, like let, let's not knock the Camogie Association completely because I was involved last year in doing the draw online and uh, that went down very well. But I suppose the publicity around that and it was probably COVID and everything that had to be done. But I thought that was a great initiative. Um, you know, I think it led the way because the LGFA picked up on it then for this year, I would think. Um, because they hadn't done, I don't think, something like that similarly. I know they have done draws and recorded them and, and, and so forth, and they've gone out maybe on social media afterwards. But um, that kind of live element that the LG, that the Camogie Association took on last year, I thought was probably one of the first uh, opportunities uh, taken uh, in, in to create that situation. So then when you have a live broadcast, I don't understand why you couldn't be available. Maybe they just felt that, you know, it hadn't been notified to the counties, so it couldn't be done and that, you know, people wouldn't have been tuned in for it and so forth. So maybe that's their excuse. I don't know. But uh, I definitely think it was a missed opportunity. It certainly is a miss and a trick. We are going to move on as well. But listen, Camogie Association, now you want to get a buzz about the championship. Get the draw done live. Get Killian to do it online through, uh, to entry or through the YouTube channel, whatever way you want to do it. Get a buzz of excitement about the Camogie Championship because I know the draws haven't taken place yet. And again, I don't like comparing the two codes like sisters, but you know, there's already a buzz about the football, ladies football championship coming up in the second week of July and we're <laughs> hearing nothing about the Camogie and that's it. But I'm going to move on from that because it was a great great weekend at Camogie and I want to be positive and Killian, I was so lucky myself to be in Burr on Saturday two cracking games we'll talk about the senior one first we'll go back to the Division 2 games in a moment or Division 1 I should say Limerick will be like oh, they would have taken the results at the start no doubt but they were so close to pulling off the shock of the year against Kilkenny Limerick would feel that uh, it is a missed opportunity in, in ways when you consider that you got so close to the All-Ireland Champions but All-Ireland Champions score goals and that ultimately they got them at vital stages in the game and, and have got them over the line but you'd have to credit Limerick who uh, just didn't show any kind of respect for Kilkenny in any way and as I was talking to Elaine before the broadcast uh, down in Kilkenny yesterday and we were just she was uh, saying that you know people praise Kilkenny about this uh, Tommy Shefflin style that they've brought in this kind of quick movement off the shoulder this I said one for a better term, uh, tippy-tappy hurling that they use, but um, Limerick didn't give them the opportunity to be able to get on top of that in any way. They were all over them, it would seem, on occasion. And, uh, you know, it's obviously something Pat Ryan has brought to it. There's definitely an intensity to Limerick Camogie that I haven't seen in a couple of years. Yeah, Pat even said himself in the post-match interview they heard with passion, they certainly did. And we were even taking the half-time, could they keep it going? But they did keep it going all the way. They got caught for the two goals. That proved the difference. But we also have to take into account that Ethan Norris, Kenny goalkeeper, pulled off three very, very important saves as well. And who knows what would have happened if one of them went in for Limerick. Yeah, and no doubt. And that's why I suppose that Aoife got her opportunity there and, and, and was able, well able to, uh, to avail of the uh, opportunities that, of, of making those saves and maybe putting her hand up as well for the uh, consideration as well within the uh, within the championship picking of, of Brian. But, you know, she's a fine shot stopper, fine goalkeeper. Um, again, though, you'd have to say that Limerick have forwards as well. You know, the two Quivas in there, well able to uh, get on the end of, go of of opportunity. Sophie O'Callaghan as well. Rebecca Delee, great to see her back uh, 
you know, in, I suppose, getting a full pre-season now behind her after, you know, the, the injury that she suffered. Um, I just think they're in, in, they're in good fettle, uh, Limerick. And there might be a team, you know, again, that we'll see in championship that, um, you know, as I said again to Elaine on the broadcast yesterday, it's got very, very tight all of a sudden between number five to ten. Anyone could make that leap to all of a sudden then be maybe challenging at, at the Tipperary because obviously I would imagine those from five to ten, Tipperary is their target because realistically they'd have to catch one, two and three on a bad day. So, you know, Tipperary reckon they can take any one of the top three. I would imagine five to ten reckon that they can get in among Tipperary on occasion uh, if it was to crop up in the championship. And, uh, you know, to me, again, there's Limerick putting their hand up that maybe they are the most improved side. We've looked at Offaly. Um, you'd look at maybe Clare. You'd look at Dublin. You know, the ones that would be disappointing so far, and we talked about it, not to beat them over the head again. Waterford are probably the most disappointing team of this uh, league, in, in, in essence, because all the others are kind of gone through a little bit of a change and trying to, I suppose, force, uh, uh, you know, different patterns, different kind of discipline structures, different tactics and so forth. But to me, Limerick are probably the uh, standout team of the improvement and uh, you know I think if Limerick were going into play Tipperary in the morning they'd fancy their chances Well they certainly will because like as much as we were kind of talking about being competitive before the Kenny match they certainly were in buckets and spades Neve Dealey was the player of the match but of course we also have to give Mary O'Connell a mention you said it there yourself all Ireland champions do what they do they got the goals big test for Brian Downing's side and Mary after her six points the previous week got the two goals in this one yeah, she's really put her hand up, hasn't she? Now, um, you know, we had known before the game in Burr uh, against Offaly that she had been flying and training and that Brian Dowling was giving her the opportunity. She hit six points and she said herself that maybe three of them were fairly handy ones. Um, you know, that's doing her a little bit of a disservice. Six points in an inter-county game is uh, no mean feat. And then she pops up with two goals the following week. She's definitely one that's put her hand up for a starting place in championship when it comes for Brian Dowling and the guys to make their decision. Yes, indeed, she has as well. And of course, that's really breaking through the team as well and great work across from all the Kilkenny players. Let's talk about the game on Sunday, Tipperary against Offaly. Offaly asked some questions. You said in the commentary yourself it was an improved performance from the previous week, but again, it was the goals from the favourite team and, and Tipperary got them again. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, Tipperary, this is the difference in the, in, in, in the teams in the top four. They can score the goals, Darren. That's what it's all about at the key moments. And, you know, you had Grace O'Brien who comes back into the team uh, yesterday and uh, chips away with 2-4. You know, like the big thing we always would have said, Tipperary are fine, um, Camogie side, but they maybe the reliance sometimes has been on Cote Van. And that, that's no disrespect. You know, when you have someone, a marquee forward like that, who's well able to take her own scores and is well able to take the freeze as well, I suppose there's a certain amount of responsibility comes with that. And Cot is, of course, a player that revels in that opportunity. I think, you know, you take that away from her and maybe, you know, it, it, it could affect her ultimately. But she likes being involved. So she's going to be a key role all over the field and wants to be taking score opportunities as well because she just has that, how would I put it, that the, 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 the never say die, the real will to win fight kind of thing so she's going to take chances and she's not afraid to score spectacular efforts either you know she saw we saw a lovely score I don't know if you got to see it it's uh, going around there on social media uh, where she was able to take the ball behind her uh, flick it onto her hurl and spin at the same time and knock it over the bar you know that's just caught the van and then she took an excellent goal as well uh, where you know Maria Jennings thought she had it uh, all covered all hands up but obviously top spin on the ball got in uh, beyond her into the back of the net but 
Tipperary were flying and, and Grace O'Brien if she's going to chip in there along now with Cot Devan if she's put her hand up uh, for a starting place Neve Tracy coming back in I know she went off at half time it probably was just a bit of a blowout for her in some ways uh, just getting back to the pitch of it Emer McGrath really matured I thought a little bit yesterday into the setup really, really controlled play uh, from Emer getting four points as well Claude McIntyre mightn't be happy she didn't get on the scoreboards but she showed some sparks uh, as well so maybe Tipperary I was talked about it with Bill Milani they just seem to be peppering along nicely and he's uh, had to have enforced changes obviously he's lost Claude Kirk Sarah Friday came back in she looked like Sarah never suffered an injury and uh, she was very very uh, positive at the end of the game and uh, she seems to for herself anyway seems to have admitted that the injury has made her stronger and she seems to come back mentally in a, in a very good place and uh, I thought yesterday maybe the court game was a little bit too soon for her I didn't think she did herself justice but yesterday she was just on top of the ground and uh, really you know as Bill said he could have picked anyone from 1 to 22 that he would have picked out as these, uh, as these players of the match but uh, you know Sarah Friday for us uh, on the commentary uh, she really stood up but Tipperary across the whole field were just on top form I was delighted for Sarah Friday because especially everything she's gone through as well and I enjoyed watching that interview afterwards and even as you mentioned Cot Devan's point one of many great moments in the game she had the two goals from Cot and Grace in the first half great strikes and of course Cot getting it the goal from a free at the end you had a scoop you made sure that the world found out that somebody was back from Australia a big heavy coat on her but a big <laughs> plus for Tipperary going forward in both Camogie and football Darren there's no question about it uh, great to see Orlo Dwyer back in the uh, setup. We obviously there was a, some awareness um, around that Orla was on the way back from Australia and didn't think we'd see her pop up in John Locke's, uh, I have to say. But uh, there she was um, out with part of the crew, warmed up, um, was togged out and everything, but obviously not part of the team listing. But she, if she is uh, emerging, you'd imagine uh, is going to be you know a serious plus at some point. I would think if Tipperary are going to continue in the, in the, in the league, if they get you know a semi final and final. Interesting to see, will she be in the mix to be considered for next weekend and then the following weekend, if that was to happen. But, uh, you know, she's going to be a serious uh, addition when it comes to championship because, um, you know, anyone with the capabilities of Orlo Dwyer, like I think somebody said to her about her that if she was put her mind to it, she'd be able to get to the Olympics. She just would be good at any particular, you know, any sport that she would put her mind to, she probably would end up being an Olympian as well. So, look... I'm sure the LGFA and the Camogie Association uh, will be looking for for both uh, codes down in Tipperary. But um, no, in Orla, she you know she'll give she'll give her commitment. And as I said, yeah, imagine the addition of her her strength, her speed. You back her up there, you know, along with the speed of McIntyre and McGrath, O'Brien, throw Devan, and I'm not knocking out Nicole Walsh or Neve Tracy either. Let's not forget that it's going. <laughs> she's going to probably find it hard to get in there. There's no question about that. But what an addition she would be at some point. Yeah, and it's a great plus for Tipperary because that's what they need. They need options if they're going to take out one of the big three as well. Yeah. We'll talk about the game against Kenny shortly. Awfully, they weren't too despondent at the end. They had the victory against Dublin, which was a big plus for them. Obviously, we disappointed to really fall out of the game in the second half as well. Your overall assessment where Offaly are? Well, Offaly, it's good to see a bit of positivity around uh, Offaly Kamogi. Darren, I would have followed it over the years. Uh, would have had connections uh, within the setup and so forth. And uh, you would have got, you know, keeping an eye 
on how they were progressing. And I remember them, you know, winning the Premier Junior and then going on winning the Intermediate and getting up senior. And they've managed to stay at senior. And despite a couple of barren years there, you know, to be able to maintain uh, their uh, presence at senior level has obviously been an achievement in itself. But the last few years, as we know, we keep talking about it. What tends to be a failing in women's sports is management coming in, maybe not getting to the grips of what's going on, maybe don't have an understanding of, I think, women firstly, women in sport secondly, uh, and uh, just, you know, not not willing then when it all comes to the push and not willing maybe to put the, the, the shoulder to the wheel, I would feel sometimes in management teams that come in, in inter-counties. And I think awfully have been guilty of that, that I'm not sure it's always been the fault of the uh, the board. I think there might be uh, some fault with some of the individuals also that maybe they underestimate what's involved when it comes into taking on a camogie setup. And as we said, awfully seem to have found a little bit of a gem in Susan Erner, I think. I, I like how Susan talks. I like how she conducts herself. Um, I think the 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 whole management team around her, the group that she's got in there, the girls seem to really uh, take to her as well. And sure, like, why wouldn't you? You're talking to somebody who has played at the highest level with Galway, has claimed an all-star. You know, I think she's um, worth listening to and she seems to have the respect Seems to have the discipline, they have a bit of tactical know-how. Now, I suppose it's all about, uh, I would think, trying to find somebody that would take on the responsibility of being um, a backup forward, you know, to to the scoring opportunities that maybe Grani Egan might create. Um, you know, Kate Kenny, I think, has the potential. We saw her maybe a better second half than first half. I just think in the couple of games I've seen her, I think there's more in Kate, if I was to be honest, from what I would have seen her over the years. Um, but, you know, you might see a run of games, Siobhan Flannery, Ray Tien, Michaela Morkin, great to see her back and she definitely had a key role as well. So, her, yeah. you know, yeah, so positivity for Offaly, I would think. And uh, I would imagine they're, they're looking at taking... And a, a big wing in some and making a mark again within the championship. Now, of course, all of these, as we mentioned, from teams five to ten. So, look, a favourable draw, Darren, would be a big thing for Offaly. You would feel they might be able, as, as I said to you, label themselves that they would feel they'd be able to maybe uh, beat a Clare, beat a Limerick, beat a Dublin. You know, so those would be teams that they be fancying. And maybe you know, if they got a run of games and they got, as I said, a favourable draw, whatever group that they come into. You know, then they might be finding themselves uh, feeling that they could take on Tipperary. And, um, you know, I do think the top three are beyond them at this moment in time. Again, I think as we uh, as we alluded to with Elaine on the coverage yesterday, she feels, and I think she's dead right, for the likes of Limerick, for the likes of Offaly, Dublin, um, maybe Clare as well a little bit, Waterford, she wasn't so sure about because she just feels that you've got to hold on to the management teams that you have in place this year and start maybe looking at 2022. However, it would be good to get, you know, a key win this year that you could pitch your 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 flag on that you're then able to drive on to with next year. Yes, indeed. And that's the disability that we've mentioned before as well, but like Offaly, at least coming out with a plus mark over their overall league campaign. Uh, we quickly talked to the Division 2 quarterfinals, Killian, of course, with Burbage and Mead, Ankle Kenny, the game that we'd live streamed with Entry and the Kamogi Association. <laughs> I thought my voice wouldn't be working by now at the end of that game. Kilkenny, <laughs> uh, look, they did everything but put Mead away. Mead, who'd only scored one goal in three matches, found three in the second half. Uh, what an entertaining game, Kamogi. Yeah, just me have always been aside, of course, uh, Darren. You know, they've been there, there, thereabouts, uh, you know, since obviously their exploits in the All Ireland series a few years ago. You know, they're, they're, they're always an entertaining group, I would think, and very talented uh, hurlers on, on, on their crew. So, 
anyone, of course, like when you, you when you have Dolan pulling the strings and you have someone like Megan Tyne around as well and you have various other operators who are obviously able to uh, chip in there and, and push them to every limit. Meath are always going to be um, a threat within that cha- within that division and within ultimately within the intermediate championship. They got up senior you know, they learned a few things from it. I would imagine they'd like to be able to get back up there. I just think down were in a position last year uh, to be able to take them when it came to championship level that maybe Mead just, I don't know whether they, the lockdown worked out well for, for Mead, although they still were, as I said, were in the mix in an all in an Ireland semi-final. I just think down, it was just something that they had been chucking along and, and they were just a well-oiled machine at that point. But Mead... I always been impressed by them. Always, always admired the way they tried to play the game. So you know, they they kept going there. They kept in touch with Kilkenny, and again, goals win games. And if you were getting three of them, you would be expecting to win. But uh, you know, you don't want to be leaving it too late. And by God, was it late! <laughs> Six minutes of injury time. Megan Tyne and Jane Dolan gotten goals just after half time when they were five down. And Marie Kirby, the hero of the hour, coming off the bench to get that winning goal as well. It'll give them a massive boost because you touched on there. They were four wins out of four in last year's league. COVID didn't go on the way. They never really got up to those heights again come the summer. Down in Antrim, we're just that bit ahead at the moment as well. So regardless of what happens and uh, the rest of the league, it'll give them a major confidence boost going into the championship oh yeah no doubt no doubt yeah yeah a good a good team that maybe they, they've learned the lessons from last year and uh you know won't be you know they'll definitely be in the mix and that that intermediate championship could be a right championship again this year uh darren there's no question about it and uh you know down obviously got out of it now and uh you know there's an opportunity there i know again the second team's come back in but I would think when you look at it over the weekend, the way Antrim have performed and the way, of course, Mead have performed, that uh, who's to bet against those two being knocking around when it comes to the All-Ireland final time again this year? I was looking forward to the four Division Two quarterfinals. I know we have a few senior teams there as well, but the Intermediate Championship is really setting up nicely for later in the year. Uh, quickly, just going through the other games. Antrim beat Galway. They're having a great run, Antrim, at the moment. Three wins out of three. They won that game 113 to 110. Down a bounce back from an opening day lost. Managing to edge out Cork 18 points to two ways, and those two counties take their place in the semifinals. Yeah, no, good to see and good to see Ulster Camogie on the uh, continue to be on the up. Uh, let's give credit to uh, Antrim. I know poor old Chloe Drain. Uh, it hasn't been a, a great week for her, a broken jaw, and uh, out. She's hoping for only six weeks that she'll get back at some point, and uh, maybe she's listened to us. I've been in communication with her, and uh, you know she's obviously a bit put out by it. But I, I think you know, in fairness, the girls went to the well for her over the weekend uh, to keep maybe chucking along that she might be able to pick up a league medal. Um, but uh, you know, great credit. To Antrim, I think just proven as well that last year wasn't a flash in the pan. That you know, just because, as he said, the second teams weren't playing in the championship last year and they get to a final, it wasn't that they, you know, they're number five, six, seven, maybe in the pecking order. Uh, Antrim have shown that they're well able to mix it up there, and you know, they'll be uh, right in the mix again. But a big win against Galway, you know, you're putting yourself up against the, you know, a seasoned county. Um, but Antrim definitely putting their mark there. They, as he said. They came into our psyche a little bit last year. We probably felt that down were going to be the better team ultimately that they were. But Antrim have shown now we're driving on here and uh, definitely are going to be in the mix again, Darren. 
There could be another national final between the two yet. The other game was Wexford against Westmead, our big match last Thursday. Unfortunately for Westmead, it just didn't happen for them as Wexford pulled away 223 to 15 winners. We get Killian's thoughts when we look ahead to the semi finals in a while. But of course, on the big match last Thursday was the Queen of Wexford, Camogie, four time All Ireland winner, Kate Kelly. And after the break, she joins us to review that game, give us her player of the match, and what she expects from the semi final next week. I like listening sports says because. I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. So I'm delighted to be joined now by Wexford star and legend Kate Kelly to look back on Kate. Uh, we were talking off air about hurling, but in camogie wise, it couldn't have gotten any better. No, a um, great weekend for Wexford camogie, to be fair. And, you know, I probably felt that Wexford were strong going into that game. I'd seen them in their previous two games against Kilkenny were a lot rustier than they were against Leash. And you can see that they're progressing in every game they get. They're building confidence. They're playing with that bit of flair. You know, they're working together, running off the shoulder. And we saw a lot of that on Saturday um, against Westmead. And, you know, like there was great passages of play. And probably the thing that let Wexford down the most on, on Saturday and something, you know, they could afford to do it in that game in the end was their, probably their execution. They probably had a lot more goal chances in the game as well. Now they scored two, but I think they possibly could have had another three goals during that game. And and that little execution right at the end is just something they might um, work on over the next while because, you know, you'd hope they progress through and when they get the championship, those opportunities won't come around as easily and they just need to sharpen up on them. But all round performance, I thought was an excellent performance from Wexford. They did. Once they got their noses in front, they really stamped their authority. And we were talking in the big match last week about 82% of our followers told Wexford would win. And we expected it to be much close. We knew Westmead were missing one or two players. But as soon as Wexford got their noses in front, it was like, and I don't want to be putting too much pressure on them this year, it was like the Wexford, your Wexford team. You know, they were just ruthless, took it by the scuff of the neck and carried on. Yeah, you definitely felt there was a good bit of that, Darren. Right from the full back line all the way out, they were commanding in each line. And up front, like you had, I thought Joanne Dillon and Acorn, like the points that they took in the game were superb. Like there was a point from Joanne right out on sideline in the first half was was exceptional. Like, and that's kind of what you need to see as well. Like there was such a spread of scores from that Wexer team on. And when the subs came on, they didn't like they didn't waver, they didn't lower the, the standard. They pushed on. And you can see, you can nearly feel that there's a huge amount of um competition for places, which is brilliant. And uh when the girls got on, they made their mark like you seen Ellen Roach come on. I think she got three points when she came on and you know, like everyone was wanting to chip in, Una's in it. Like, so to me, you're right. It is touching more back without putting pressure on them, but they are building again and you can feel that and you can sense that in their performance on, on, um, on Saturday. As you mentioned, Joanne Dillon there and she got four points in the game. She didn't start the previous week against Leash. Yes, she came on, got a few scores, set up Katrina for a goal and you called it, Kira O'Connor was on the field. Yeah, um, yeah, Kira O'Connor was on the field. Yeah, she she was um she played wing back and moved back wing back and Orla Sinnott has come in there midfield. Like she's she's been a revelation there midfield. Um, you know, Kira was I suppose partnering up with Amy in the first two games and you know it gives them a little more flexibility with Kira moving back there to wing fo- wing back, being an attacking wing back and Orla Sinnott, like she really covered a lot of ground on Saturday in the game in the first half. 
We're trying not to be talking about her every game, but when she's scoring the scores she scored at the moment, but Katrina Parrick is going to come up in conversation. Um, great to see her back. We said that already, but another 2-3 in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. A, a great, great performance by Katrina. And I would say, you know, you're starting to get those glimpses of what Katrina can be. I think that we're going to see more of Katrina, like the two inside forward line. And in the second start creeping away, you could see all the play was happening out the field and Katrina wasn't getting that supply of ball. So, um, yeah, I think that's the Katrina Parrock and we'll see a lot more of that in the summer and she's well capable of scoring that. Kate, what does like likes the return of Katrina Parrick and um, say for Wexford? Because it's no secret there's been some divisions there in recent years, but now everybody seems to be united to the cause again. And you can just feel the buzz, even talking to you, you can feel the buzz about Wexford Camogie. Yeah, no, look at Katrina back in there just gives the whole thing a lift. Like she's, she's someone coming through that has that experience from... Uh, eight, nine years ago, coming through the three in a row. And like Katrina was always a big performer, like always had great games in, you know, on the big days. And that experience is is brilliant. She's a forward that adds to your Nate Kearns and the, the young players like Kate Kerwin and Joanne Dillon. Like you're having another forward up there. Sure, of course, Kevin is going to be delighted. Another scoring forward that's, you know, it just really, it just adds to the team in every way, competition-wise, everything. And, if she's in there and she can get a goal or two or three every game, like um, I, I think any manager would welcome that into their squad. Quick word about Westmead before we look forward. Um, as we mentioned yesterday, we have a couple of players. Yes, a lot of people, not just yourself, would have told Wexford we get the job done here with something to spare. But I don't think anybody saw a 21-point ball game. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I suppose the couple of um, losing the couple of players like are not having Megan and Ava Balfe available, you know, left a bit of a hole in the team. And to be fair to Westmead, I didn't feel that maybe the um, their free taking was a little bit off. I think they could have had more scores on the board before half time. I did think their tackling and intensity up until midway through the half was 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 spot on like they weren't giving anything easy to Wexford um, and if they can you know keep up that intensity maybe then we put like once one eight on the board in the last 15 minutes and I, I think maybe you know maybe the game had gone away from them at that stage and in, I don't think that maybe the score was a, a complete Westmead performance either Would you have any concerns for Westmead leading into the championship? It's going to be a tough, it really is going to be a tough championship for them and they need to get their, I suppose, work on the things that they can improve on. Focus on how they're going to get their scores up and that, you know, containing other teams and not letting them get a run on them. They can do that, you know what, they'll compete okay, but it would be a bit concerning, um, I suppose, maybe that much of a defeat coming into the championship for me. Yeah, and after the loss to Kildare the previous week as well. Let's move forward before we wrap up. Down, we talked about Wexford's ability to score at the moment. Well, Down don't give much away very easily. So um, we'll definitely know more about Wexford after next Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And I, and as I said, Aaron, the big thing for Wexford, I think it's like a stepping stone. You would think that Down are going to be a little bit more challenging. You know, they're coming off the back of their All-Ireland win. They're going to be up for this game. The, the likes of Neve Mallon, Sarah Louise Carr, big players um, that can, you know, 
to produce huge performances and get the scores up front. So I think down will be the next step on the ladder for Wexford. And it'll be a great test for him as well. And, it, you know, it, 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 all these games are actually preparing Wexford more and more for the championship day. And I kind of look forward to the down challenge, you know, that, that, um, that they'll come with a little bit more and... Um, we'll see how Wexford will deal with that. Yeah, because it's not just a Wexford attack as well, because Wexford's defence too, like, no disrespect to Leisha Westmead. Westmead did for the first 10 minutes maybe ask a few questions. They had a few chances during the game, but they haven't got the test that they were looking for, and we don't know exactly how strong the Kilkenny one was defensively. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you there. Like, the defence, like, even when you're picking out players that had great games, like, all the play was pushing on from the half-back line. And they and that backs for Wexford in the last three games. They haven't had any real, real test, like, constant pressure or anything like that. And, you know, they need a little bit of that as well. And you're right, like, a game, like, down containing the likes of Neve Mallon, Sarah Louise Carr, the down girls, that'll be a better test for them. And for them to come to, I suppose, to get a rhythm with their game plan. Um, and I suppose it'll less their discipline as well, Darren, it'll, and it'll show how they are under the pressure. They haven't really had a huge test on that. And sometimes I think at the back, they can give away a few soft frees. And you've seen that in the Kilkenny game as well. So I think that will be an aspect that maybe Kevin will work on, but we'll see more of that against the likes of Down. We're excited about the quarterfinals. We're excited about the semi-finals. It'll be interesting to see where it goes there between Wexford and Down. Kate, before I let you go, going back to Westmead, your player of the match. Tough to pick a player of the match, Darren, because I felt in every little pitch there was a lot of great performances. Like you had Orla Sinney, you had Joanne Dillon, I said an A Kearney, you had Katrine Mark up front. I suppose for me, I thought A had a great game. I thought her off the ball um, support play and lay the ball off the players. So on on on, on that game, give an A the player of the match for that game. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities, and I guess listen to him, Darren Kelly. That was Wexford's Kate Kelly looking back at Wexford's win against Westmead in the quarterfinal last week. They're true to the semifinals. They played down Antrim, play Mead. We'll talk about that briefly before the end of the show. But Killian, we put our focus on Nolan Park next Sunday. Now, the game we'll be focusing on is Kilkenny against Tipperary because Cork and Galway is this week's big match. But of course, we have to talk about Cork and Galway. Never much between them. Two teams always willing to have a goal, sometimes physically, sometimes not. But uh, there'll be nothing left by the time you leave Nolan Park next Sunday between them no can't wait for these uh, two matches in uh, in Olin Park and uh, yeah Cork and Galway putting down markers I would imagine where are both of the match in, in, in some cases Galway you would feel are probably a notch above Cork with regards to what we've seen in the league but uh, you know should Paddy Murray you'd only love that write us all off at your pearl and uh, then see what we uh, throw up in the semi-final I think for Cork you know they'd be anxious to get back to a league final that could be something that's on their radar a little bit Darren you know because Cork last title in the league 2013 you know again a little bit like Tipperary might like to get a league title or a national title behind them and then might set them up well for the championship so I would imagine Paddy's thinking look girls we're playing in June we're going to be on a final surface in Nolan Park we're taking nothing for granted here we're not going to uh, mess around there's not going to be any dummy setups or anything like that I think he's going to be putting markers down and uh, you know get, taking the opportunity of having a cut here because nobody knows what the league uh, the, the uh, groups are for the championship stages or anything like that yet there's been no draw so I, I, I don't think 
you know, maybe if there was a, a, a championship draw at this stage and Cork and Galway were in the one group, maybe this game would take on a different importance. But uh, I think you're going to see a, as good a championship game as you would expect uh, in the league semi-final this weekend. Um, you know, you have two great brains there, Paddy and Cahill. Uh, they'll be second-guessing each other a little bit. They'll be right tactical players and so forth. But, you know, Cork again, trying to ensure that maybe they're, they're they're making a step again, that they're going to be able to challenge Galway and Kilkenny to be able to take one of them out to ultimately win the All-Ireland series, hopefully, for them. And then you have Galway on the other side who are smarting still from that defeat to Kilkenny in last year's All-Ireland final, who seem to have put down markers with regards to where they're progressing this year, um, you know, scoring goals at will. The other thing, though, is they have been conceding at the other end also, and I'm not sure they can afford to do that against Cork heavily on Sunday. No, that's the thing because with Galway, they've kind of been going on the radar at the moment this year as well. They haven't been any of the featured matches we've done here as well or the live streaming as well, but they've got the goals. They had a poor first half against Clare before turning it around. They hit the goals at crucial stages against Limerick. And it's unusual you say it about Galway that they're the kind of, we don't fully know where they are. They're looking good with Siobhan McGranil, Shirley up front, Neve Kilkenny as well mm. around the middle, Aoife Donoghue and all that, Sarah Durbin back behind. They've lost Heather Cooney, but it's no disrespect against Limerick or Clare because Limerick definitely played better against Kilkenny than they did against Galway but this is a big test now for Colin Murray's team Oh yeah there's no doubt and I'm not um, you know not trying to elude anything negative regarding, uh, regarding Galway I just felt that uh, you know in the, in, in the league uh, group games that, they, that they've played that despite the fact that they won I, I, I still think there's a lot of things to work on but we probably don't know ultimately where they are actually at the one good point I would feel, Darren, is is that Galway's, you know, some of the hangovers maybe that were there last year seem to have been eradicated for some players. You know, I would have thought, especially Neve Kilkenny, probably didn't have her greatest 2020 um, and still had a huge influence, obviously, on that Galway setup they got to the All-Ireland final. But she seems in this year's league so far to be maybe the Neve Kilkenny that we saw in 2019. That would seem to be a suggestion. So that, that's obviously a positive. Header is going to be a loss. I don't I don't care at cornerback. You know, that is such a, a perfect foil there, as I mentioned before on this uh, podcast uh, for Sarah Durvin. That that will obviously be be bedded in. Um, I'm sure it'll be something maybe the Cork will target at the weekend to see, you know, who's going to be put in there. But sure, when you look at the embarrassment of Richards that the likes of Galway have, you know, whoever they put in is obviously going to be uh, uh, as good um, or definitely uh, just a little bit off Heather Cooney's uh, standard. So, you know, the, the scenario would be that Galway are an, a bit of an unknown quantity. Yeah. And uh, we maybe we need to see a little bit of the real Galway on, on Sunday afternoon. But I would imagine when you're getting to a league semi-final and obviously that you have uh, captured you're, you're the uh, reigning champions as such uh, of the of the uh, of the league series, you're going to want to hold on to it. That's the irony, the whole lot. Go, we are the defending champions, even though they were knocked out of the league in 2020 <laughs> before the COVID lockdown came in. And Cork were denied a final, same as Tipperary as well. You've made a point there on Cork. Like we saw them, they look good against Tipperary. They were always dominant against Waterford, uh, but they could do with a victory against the Galway or Kilkenny. Yeah, I just think for themselves going forward in the, in 2021. Now, maybe Paddy Murray won't be talking this up too much, but I just think that since you know they haven't won a title since 2013. Yeah, they were the runner up in 2018, but you know it's it's been a while since they notched up one. And I think he just would like to be able to put that title on the uh, on the mantelpiece. You know, um, I'm, I'm sure if you were to turn around though and say to him, "Well, here, Paddy, I'll give you the All Ireland uh, Cup." And uh, here, here you go. In, compar- in, in, in ch- exchange for the league, he probably would obviously take the All Ireland. <laughs> but I just feel, Darren, I don't know. I just think for the for the team, 
as they bed in, you know, a few faces in there, trying to um, get a little bit more support for Amy up, up top. He's made a few changes. The midfield partnership is a little bit different. Um, you know, Laura Tracy at centre-back, you know, a different full-back. I just think Cork, for their development, how they're going, you know, a loss maybe at the semi-final in the league against Galway might be a little bit of a pin in the balloon a little bit, you know. I just, um, I just think that Cork probably need the win on Sunday more than Galway do. And Cork haven't been in finals too. We know we mentioned the one they qualified for. Well, they haven't actually qualified for that final, it must be remembered. Claire, uh, we're still in the mix there. Let's talk about the other game, Kilkenny against Tipperary. Have Kilkenny been woken up or is this the game Tipperary need to win? I think this is a game Tipperary need to win, Darren. Um, and and no, not putting any pressure on them. I think if they are to be considered uh, contenders going into the 2021 Championship, they need to be putting down a marker uh, on this one. And uh, what a better opportunity to do it in Nolan Park against the Cats. Now, uh, look, the Cats are going to love the fact that they're on home territory. But look, it's a fine pitch. Uh, there was a well awareness of where the semi-finals were going to be played. So that shouldn't be a factor. Tipperary, or, uh, to me, are probably the team that are bringing the best form, even though they lost to Cork in the opening round. I just think that they've progressed every game um, to an extent that I just feel that they all cogs are working, if you understand me. I know Claude Quirk has obviously been a, a little bit of a kink in the system, but they just, all of them seem to be cropping up and playing well. So, you know, Bills 1 to 25, 26 um, haven't let him down. There's no question. You know, those who, who've been able to come in there, you saw Roisin Howard come back. I know she got sent off, but she had a very good first half and was very strong uh, participant in that. Neve Tracy obviously uh, went off in the uh, at half time as well, having given as much as she could, I would imagine. I, I just think that maybe, you know, first game back, she just looked to tire that little bit towards the end of the first half. But he'd be happy that Sarah Friday, um, Arena played very well also in the middle of the field. Uh, Karen Kennedy was out with Wisdom Teats and the, uh, I, you know, she was. I, I was told uh, the suffering with the wisdom teeth for the first two rounds played through the pain. Would you believe, Darren? I'll just show you the toughness of that woman. Um, played through the pain of the wisdom teeth. Eventually got them out. Had to miss the game, but she'll be back for the semi final. I'm sure she'll be uh, peppering to get back in there. Maybe she'll find it tough to get back in there, considering how well the defence played uh, at the weekend. But look, I think for Tipperary, if they want to be considered uh, series contenders. They may just have to take Kilkenny out this Sunday. Yeah, and it was actually just when you mentioned Karen there, and it's good news for Tipperary, she's back in because we've talked about both attacks before and the potential there, but it's defensively who can stop the other. Now, Limerick have given a blueprint how to play against Kilkenny based in the quarterfinal, mm-hmm. and you said Tipperary's form was good against Offaly, but that's the key thing. They have to make sure that the Denise Galls, the Aoife Doyles, uh, the Miriam Walshes, the Mary O'Connells of the world aren't dominating this game. Yeah, there's no question. And that, that that will be a factor that, you know, awfully withdrew. That's the defense, you know, they were playing a kind of defensive tactic that's been their, their, their uh, you know, their reset scenario all, all through this uh, league so far. Um, but it allowed Mary Ryan a bit of a free role then uh, on occasion. And maybe that's not one of the players that you want to have free. And then when uh, Tipperary went down to 14, Offaly were a little bit slow on deciding then to go in and mark Mary Ryan and uh, to try and dictate it. And they really, 
I, I just think that maybe they've worked so much on one system that they weren't able to adjust in in a way awfully and that's probably something they're going to have to learn about going forward but uh, Tipperary you'd imagine Mary Ryan is not going to get that kind of space to be able to dictate defensively you know she's going to have to be keeping her eyes open on if Mary O'Connell is in the form that she's in obviously she's going to be somebody that she's going to have to keep an eye on uh, obviously you'd have to reflect on Aoife Doyle the form that she's ultimately in Miriam Walsh is not doing too badly as well as really uh, seems to have got a real shot in the arm from uh, picking up an all-star last year is playing very very well uh, Denise Gall obviously you don't have to say a whole lot about her and you know Michaela Keneally uh, to me was a player against Offaly at the last day a bit of a wrecking ball you know she takes uh, takes no prisoners and uh, we're willing to get in and stick in there and and uh, if she's able to set up scores she's able to do that she might be uh, somebody that was looking to take too many herself but maybe that's what Brian Dowling wants is somebody that's up there disrupting the half back line and setting up scores for his other forwards um, I, I just think Tipperary are obviously going to have to have their eyes open from the minute they leave the dressing room Darren until the minute they're back in it because you know Kilkenny will wipe your eye very very quickly and that's the thing I spotted too is that Kilkenny has so many options as well like for example it didn't happen for Grace Walsh sent centre back the last day no doubt she'd come back full guns blazing they clear feeling and um, I think Davina Tobin didn't start that game as well but likewise Kilkenny's defence will have to be alert because Limerick asked him a lot of questions and you have to feel the Tipperary attack are well capable of asking even more questions yeah, well, I would imagine, Darren, I don't know if you found out, I, I would assume those, uh, Claire and Davina, they were just, um, were the injury issues? I think they were oh. just, what you call, mild knocks. He wasn't taking any chances. Okay, and but then you got to see that obviously Miriam Walsh and Colette Dormer played the full matches after picking up knocks the last day. So they're obviously good at being, being somewhere able to recover. He wasn't going to take any chances. Maybe those knocks happened late in training then coming up uh, towards the match. But you imagine Claire and, and Davina are going to be in uh, form to be back there and that might settle the defence again I'd imagine you'll see Grace back out to the middle so Kilkenny's setup will be probably its first choice then uh, for this game on uh, unless something happens in, in training or whatever which imagine what's going to be there from one to nine is going to be effectively what was his first choice in the All-Ireland series uh, last year you then uh, have a scenario where you know Neve Dealey and Miriam Bambrick are fighting it out for a place there maybe in the middle with Grace uh, you've got obviously Mary O'Connell I think is going to be a definite starter uh, there's not too many more opportunities you would feel uh, for p- positions within the Kilkenny team Darren and you would say to yourself then that it looks like Kilkenny will be in a strong position as they possibly would be heading into the championship for a game against Tipperary. And I think there's going to be no quarter asked or given in this encounter. It could be a right classic. I think we'll get, get two games exactly the same. Of course, Katie Parr trying to break through. Very quickly, Killian Collins, Kilkenny or Tipperary? I think on home turf, just on the fact that it'll be on home turf, I think it's going to go right to the, right to the wire. I just think uh, Kilkenny defence will more than likely tie up the tip forwards and that will frustrate the likes of Cot Devan and, and maybe Grace O'Brien. And I just think that Kilkenny will just about get over the line. It could be quite close and it might come down to a puck of a ball. Kilkenny get the nod. We're going to move on quickly. We're running out of time. Very quickly, let's talk about Division 2. Antrim against me. That's an Inishki in Grattans. No details in that game yet, but down in Wexford, the game we want to look at. Wexford have been on fire in their last couple of games. They're a wounded animal, as you said before, Killian. They're determined to get back to Division 1 as well. We're up against the down team in senior as well, who are the All-Ireland Intermediate Champions. Yeah, there's no question about it that uh, Down will obviously be looking to mark themselves up against teams like this. And Wexford, obviously, as I said to you, wounded animal, definitely coming in under the radar, have used, you know, Kevin Dutton has been able to use Division 2 to uh, 
settle the team, blood a, a few new players. And also, you know, when you see Katrina Parrott coming back into the setup and she's able to knock a few goals at the weekend as well, just goes to show you, you know, that that class is permanent in, in that regard. The scenario would be that uh, Wexford, to me, could be a side that would also cause an upset in the championship going forward. So uh, we, we, we have to see where this Wexford team are at when they're getting to the closing stages of the league. Westmead... I, funny enough, Darren, I'm going to say I expected a heavy defeat. I, I just feel that Wexford are peppering along there. I think they're going to be hard stopped in winning this Division 2 title, uh, personally. And uh, I, in no disrespect to Westmead, I felt that, that that defeat was coming because I just thought that Wexford are peppering along nicely. And from you know word I'm getting on the street anyway, that things are going very, very well for them, that they're all, it's all hands on deck and it's, uh, it's maybe good to see a bit of positivity back around Wexford Camogie as well. That game is going to be close, I think, as well. I'm just thinking that uh, Wexford, this will be their toughest game to date, I would think, because Down have learned an awful lot with regards to last year. They seem to have themselves set up as a senior team, you know, getting ready for the senior championship. This would be a good marker for them, I think, you know, in taking on senior teams then later on the championship. It's going to be close. Um but I'm not going to sit in the fence. I think Wexford are going to win it. Wexford will get the nod there as well. There's so much more we can go through, especially just very quickly with one minute to down defence against the Wexford attack. These will say those big names that stood up for down last year. I know they don't have Fanula Carr. Have to make sure they curtail the Katrina Parrocks of the world. Yeah, no, there's no problem. Uh, no question about that. They're going to have to be on it a bit like the Tipperary defence are going to have to be on it uh, down in Nolan Park. They're going to have to be on it from the start. Uh, it, that's if that Wexford crew continue, you know, to be able to show up. Look, we, we don't know the real Wexford just yet, uh, Darren. We're based it on what we've seen of their style, their form and the way that they've put teams away. Maybe this down team will be a step too far for them. Maybe this down team will be well able to match them toe-to-toe. But that down defence will have to be rigid enough, uh, you would feel, uh, the next day if they're going to stop this Wexford unit. Well, we can't wait. It's a doubleheader on Dunhamore Ashburn on Saturday. The other game at half two is Carlo and Armagh in Division 3 semi-final down against Wexford in Division 2. We look forward to being out and about over the weekend and we'll give you uh, more thoughts on those games after uh, the weekend. Of course, Division 4 semi-finals as well. Cavan against Mayo, Tyrone against Roscommon. Let's not forget Limerick against Wexford also in the Division 3 semi-final. The big match on Thursday. Cork against Galway, the second game of that Division 1 doubleheader. With that being said, it's been a busy show again and the Delighted to have Killian Whelan join me here. We're looking forward to Camogie, the league. It's the business end. There's great matches. We can't wait for the weekend, Killian. No, can't wait for the weekend. Looking forward to capturing the action in uh, Nolan Park on uh, Sunday and uh, really hoping that we see a couple of juicy encounters across all the divisions as uh, we kind of whet our appetite for what's ahead. Hopefully a good summer ahead of action. I've no doubt about it. That was Killian Whelan. I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Stats Camogie. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll talk to you again during the week.